The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. And we are on location at the 630 Chad Information Center down here at the 2018 Grey Cup Festival. All right, interesting stuff. Physical inactivity, a prominent risk factor, as we all know, for chronic disease, both nationally and internationally. But now Canada has its first national blueprint called a common vision to increase physical activity and reduce the toll. Uh, sedent- sedentary? Sedent- sed- sedentary. Sedentary. Uh, living is taken on uh, Canadians. Thanks in part to our guest who joins us on the phone now, Dr. John Spence, a professor in the faculty of uh, kinesiology, sport and recreation, and a contributor to A Common Vision. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Thanks for having me. Dr. Spence, let's just start with this. Maybe give us an idea of just how bad the issue of physical inactivity is in this country. Uh, Well, we know that the majority of Canadians, whether they're children or adults, are inactive. They do engage in some type of activity in the day, but they're not, they're not engaging in enough. And then secondly, uh, and this is something more recent that's coming, becoming apparent, is that we're sitting for too long in the day. So mm-hmm. it's not just being active, but we would like people to sit less, so to be standing up and moving around more. We've heard a, sorry, we've heard a lot about the dangers of, of sitting over the past number of, of years. Is it really that bad for us? It, it's not as bad as uh, engaging in low physical activity, uh, but the problem is, is we sit for long periods of time, and mm-hmm. for the most of our waking period, most of our waking time, we are sitting down. So, for instance, the average Canadian will sit for somewhere between nine to ten hours a day, and we might be awake for sixteen to eighteen of those hours. So, for you know, sixty to seventy percent of the time that we're awake. We're sitting unless we've been very mindful of, you know, getting up and moving around. So it's the fact that we do it for the long periods that makes that a a, a risk factor. So, Dr. Spence, I have to ask because I'm old enough to remember participation. And I recall back as a kid being informed um, that we were in this situation what, 30 years ago, and we were all, as children, encouraged to participate uh, and uh, get active, and there was badges and programs for that sort of thing. What happened to that? Well, it's, uh, there's a few things that are going on. Uh, one of the main ones is there's lots of attractive things for us to engage in that allow us to remain fairly sedentary. So you used to have to amuse yourself to go outside and run around. <laughs> now you can amuse yourself by chasing people or villains on a screen somewhere, for instance. Uh-huh. Um, the other thing that's happening a bit is uh, because of our social media and other, other things, we're, as parents, we're hyper-aware of what's going on in our society and quite concerned about potential risks, uh, you know, stranger danger, traffic, and so forth for our children. Um, so there's a, a few things there that we speculate are, are, are uh, you know, encouraging and facilitating people to, particularly children and adolescents, to remain inside and not be as active. Mm. 
So tell us about this new policy. What is it suggesting? What is it uh, telling us that we should do? Well, the important part of it is, uh, you know, in Canada, we have a bunch of provinces and the provinces themselves may have various initiatives going on, but sometimes they may be not necessarily at odds with one another, but not sort of consistent with one another. Uh, And so this um, uh, initiative um, encourages the provinces to try and get on board and uh, address a few key things and in certain ways. So it's both a federal and a provincial territorial collaboration in terms of developing the policy. Uh, and it's placing a big influence or focus on some of those factors. I've alluded to some of them, but things like, um, you know, opportunities in the various places and spaces where we are, whether that be in the workplace or in our communities or schools. So is this something then that has to be ingrained in children and, uh, you know, so that they grow up with a, 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 an active lifestyle? I think one of the things that we have to avoid for children is not putting constraints on them that prevent them from being active um, and, um, and then thinking about how as communities, whether we be rural or urban communities, how we can facilitate them being active without it having to be a major chore. That's part of the problem. You know, the old exercise message, it's not good unless you're, you know, on a treadmill and running for an hour. Um, that's problematic for many people, uh, and that's important if people can do it, but we want people to be just thinking of getting up and moving around. This is the way we existed several hundred years ago, uh, but we were doing lots of chores then, and we had to walk to school and, and that type of thing, and so now we're trying to get people a little bit more mindful of it, but at the same time, not designing communities and workplaces and schools that prevent people from moving around. Interesting, because I would think one of the challenges would be that when we talk about um, physical activity and, uh, you know, taking its toll on your health down the road, it's hard to talk an eight-year-old into believing that they're going to have heart problems in their <laughs> 50s. That's, that's right, and that's, that's the absolute wrong message. The focus should be much more on what the, uh, you know, the benefits are, the fun part of it, the engagement, social engagement, those types of things. Uh, the thing is, as we transition through adolescence and then into young adulthood, we're no longer playing games and participating in sport as much. Uh, so then now it becomes leisure activity and maybe at times a bit of a focus on what's healthy for you. But yeah, for children and young adolescents, uh, the, the sort of you know, healthy heart is not going to be the way to go, no. You know, it's it's interesting, Dr. Spence, because we just had a text that came in from Fort McMurray, and it says, yeah, well, parents are very lazy, and they don't take their kids out. So if, you, if the parents aren't doing mm-hmm. much, um, you know, it's it's got to be tough to turn around and try and talk the kids into getting out there and doing something. Yeah, and, and I, you know, I, I hear from parents a lot because I do quite a lot of work with children, and, you know, we don't want to be blaming parents, per se, uh, but it's sort of prompting parents to be thinking about some of these types of things and what is it that they're doing that can facilitate or, again, prevent their children from doing these activities. And we tend to be quite good about the organized activities. So we'll make sure little Johnny or Susie are in swimming lessons, but it's in the rest of the day that we're not being mindful of uh, encouraging people moving around. 
Well, you know, it's interesting as well. There was a study done, and I wish I could quote for you the source, probably a Stats Canada study, but it had to do with how Canadians viewed nature was, uh, was what the study was. And a majority of Canadians said that they really enjoyed nature and that nature, uh, being a part of nature, was an important um, aspect of their lives. But then when asked how many of them had been in nature in the last period of time, I can't recall, a year or whatever, a very few had. So, yep. you know, possibly we all understand uh, the need for our children to be active but, and for ourselves, but perhaps we don't put that in action. Yeah, and, and, and that's a really good example because we don't have to go and engage in na- nature for the purpose of being physically active. But it's very difficult to engage in nature without being physically active. So we can be encouraging people to get out if they like the views or to explore or uh, do some little science experiment, whatever it is. Uh, that, oh, and by the way, at the same time, you're having to move around. You have to walk on this trail to, to get to that lake that you want to go and see. And obviously in Alberta, we have some incredible, uh, you know, vistas and parks and so forth for people to get out into. So, yeah, that, that's, that's a very good example of where um, we could be promoting the benefits of engaging in nature. And at the same time, you're being physically active when you do it. Dr. Spence, some of your work, or I guess a lot of your work from what I'm reading, focuses on spaces and places, and uh, you've, you're, you've looked into things like uh, neighborhoods and how their design influences uh, physical activity levels. How does it influence physical activity levels? Well, a, a really simple example is um, if you have places to walk to, for instance, if you want to go and buy some milk and a loaf of bread and there is a corner store not too far away, are you going to drive or are you going to walk? You're more likely going to drive. Mm. You're more likely going to walk, especially if parking is difficult or so forth. Let's say you live in the Garneau area in Edmonton. Um, but if you have none of that and the nearest you know, store is several kilometers away, you're going to be more likely to drive. Uh, And then similarly, if you're living in areas where you could walk to public transit or walk to work, uh, again, people might do that. And they're doing that not with the intent to be physically active. They're doing that because it makes sense from an economic point of view, convenience, takes less time and so forth. Uh, But as we move out into suburbia, and we're making good decisions good reasons for why we would live in a neighborhood, let's say, out more on the periphery, um, we might have less opportunity out there to be able to do some of those types of things. Hmm. So when you talk about, uh, you know, coincidental activity, basically, is what you're talking about, that if yeah. it's convenient and it's fun and, and it offers some positive aspect, then people will accidentally get the kind of activity that they need uh, moving forward. But there's the other side of it, uh, too. Wouldn't there be a removing obstruction? So you know the cost of amateur sports for example uh, could yep. be a could be an issue you know your child wants yep. to play hockey but then you look at those fees right yep no and that's uh that's another major interest of mine is that um in certain parts of the western world and developed countries it, there's cost uh, there are financial major financial barriers to children from low to uh, low income to low middle income families uh, that it's very difficult for them to be engaging. And, um, you know, that, that's something that I just think it, it shouldn't be the case there. And, you know, the municipalities, Edmonton has got great programs where children, you know, regardless of income group, can be signing up for various things. There's 
programs such as Kids Sport, Jumpstart also does some of this type of thing. But uh, yeah, that's 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 a potential major barrier. Dr. Spence, we want to thank you for joining us this afternoon. Thank you. Alrighty, that's Dr. John Spence, a professor in the Faculty of Kinesiology, Sport and Recreation over at the uh, U of A and uh, was a big part of Canada's first national blueprint to increase physical activity. It's called a common vision. Um, lots of text coming in mm-hmm. on how much physical activity you're getting, Chedville, or what it is that you're doing. Let us know at 6.30, 6.30, and we'll get to that after we return. Broadcasting live from the 6.30 Ched Information Centre, the 2018 Grey Cup Festival. The Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross, live from the Grey Cup Festival. Brought to you by Nate Continuing Education. Visit nate.ca slash coned. We are broadcasting live from the 6.30 Chad Information Centre at the 2018 Grey Cup Festival. Still finishing touches being put on all around us. Busy, busy, busy. You talk about physical activity. There's a lot going on by a lot of people down here right now. On the text line this afternoon, uh, what you're doing, what you're getting into. How about this one? Trucker Dave says, hey, Jalen and Andrew, I'm so happy I got into the Oilers alumni game last year. Since then, I've made hockey my number one physical activity to keep me in shape depending on work i get four to six hours a week of hockey what a change Hmm. i feel so much better you know and with regard to uh, an extension cord one of our Mm -hmm. uh, listeners said their extension their brand new extension cord had been uh, stolen from the front of their house somebody suggested on the text line oh you always park with one wheel on your extension cord I never uh-huh. thought of that. That's a good uh, life hack right there. From Vermillion, uh, back to the physical activity. I'm addicted to the internet. The internet scares me. Real life has great graphics, but a terrible storyline, so I'd rather stay inside. And this one says, I'm, oh, I always got shamed by classmates for underachieving in the uh, Canada Fitness Test back in the 70s. In no way did it encourage me to be more active. It was just another tool for the bullies to use. Do you know what? I'm so glad you found that text. I was actually searching for it uh, to try and find it because I can identify with with that, I recall um, that when they had that, do you remember that program? You got the red badge for participating, but you could get a bronze, silver, or gold. And then I think they had one beyond that, uh, you know, in the second year of its program. They were typically held at community halls and they were free and you just went down and volunteers, you know, they timed how many sit-ups you could do and push-ups mm, and this sort okay, of thing, yep. right? And then based on your score, you got a badge. But uh, I can identify with it because oftentimes teams would show up or um, who are in pretty good shape yep. uh, or people who'd gotten a gold would go back and get another one and another one and uh, you know that sort of thing but I, I liked the idea of it and the idea I, I, I always thought back then and this was as a child to be honest with you I, basically a child I thought wouldn't it be better though to give a bronze to somebody who improved from the last time oh, they yeah. were tested yeah, yeah. as opposed to meeting an arbitrary yep. criteria this many sit-ups well what if i'm able to do 10 more than i did yesterday when i tried should i get a bad you know like that kind of thing right yeah i can hear yeah completely oh there goes uh isn't that Dwayne? Do you know? He's you know, the festival organizer just walked by. Uh, you know, I, I saw the back of his head, and even from that angle, it looked worried. So there's. A, well, I don't think there's anything to no, worry about. No, no, there's nothing about. to worry about. He's just got a lot on his plate. There's right a now. ton coming together, as you mentioned just a moment ago. And, you know, not the least of which, of course, people are looking ahead. And as we get closer to the Grey Cup itself, um, people will be concerned or will be interested to know what the weather's going to be like mm-hmm. if they're attending. So as it stands right now, it looks like, as I was telling you yesterday, 
and we'll have weather throughout the afternoon and check in with Jesse as well, that it looks like it's going to, you know, maybe a little bit of light snow, a high of minus three um, for the afternoon during the game. So that's really actually good football Mm. weather. But do you know, do you remember these games that have been played in really bad weather? Wasn't it like the Fog Bowl or something like that? The Fog Bowl was, uh, what, uh, was that 1962? No, it was the Mud Bowl. The The Fog Bowl, I think, was NFL. No, no. There was uh, both. In 1950, there was a mud bowl. That was the one in which a player almost drowned in a puddle. In 62, Mm. it was the fog bowl. That's it, yeah. Yeah, the final minutes of the game had to be postponed to the following day because of the heavy fog. And then in 77, the ice bowl uh, contested (laughs) on a frozen over artificial turf at Montreal's Olympic Stadium. And I don't recall, and maybe Morley or Dave would be able to remind me when they're in, and I'm sure they're joining us at some point. Um there was another, and I don't know if it was a gray cup or if it was uh, just a regular game, but the home field, uh, the team, the home team, got a tractor out to plow their backfield, but <laughs> not get <laughs> the other team's backfield. It's uh, 327 on the 630 Chet Afternoon News. We'll take a break here for the 330 News. Uh, when we come back, we'll run down once again what's happening tonight down here at the Grey Cup Festival because there is uh, some action going on tonight. A, a sneak peek, if you will. And then, boy, oh boy, just chock full of events for Thursday, Friday, Saturday as we lead into Grey Cup Sunday. It's Jaylen and Andrew broadcasting live from the 630 Chad Information Center at the 2018 Grey Cup Festival. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.